You're listening to The Business Marketing Show, episode number 21. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com or on iTunes. Hi everyone, this is Ed K. Smith from The Business Marketing Show and Online Impact with my co-host Brendan Tully from The Search Engine Shop. How are you today, Brendan? Good morning, Ed. I am well. How about yourself? Very good. Very good to hear. Uh, We have a subject this morning that is near and dear to our hearts that a lot of people may be subconsciously unaware of (laughs) Um, and even consciously unaware of at the same time. And that is the subject of display networks, uh, remarketing, retargeting, um, and we'll be discussing those subjects today. Display ads. Display ads, yeah, that's probably, yeah, that would be the overall umbrella. Yeah, probably probably need to be careful. These are, in the past, they were called banner ads, which- They uh, used to be, yes. Yeah, which uh, probably doesn't give, that term I think for a lot of people has very negative connotation, so it probably doesn't. It's probably not a good term to use, because um, most we people will, hate banner ads. Yeah, we will not use the word banner ads at all in this conversation. Um, Actually, I don't think we should say banner ads anywhere, no. because people will get confused, and if they keep hearing the word banner ads, that's all that's going to be in their head. Yeah, no. Display ads are very powerful. Um, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think it, a simple way to explain them, and this is how I explain them to my clients, I don't know how you do it, but you think about it like this, if you split the type of ads on the internet into two, one you have search engine ads or traditional AdWords for search, which are all about capturing demand. So people go to a search engine and they want something, they're looking to find something, so they have some sort of demand. Um, Search ads are designed to capture demand. Display ads are completely different and they are designed for two things. One is to create awareness of whatever it is um, you have or you're selling or or whatever's happening. So creating awareness and actually creating demand or increasing demand as well. So they're really, from a sales and marketing perspective, if you think of search ads as they really sit at the bottom of the sales funnel and display ads sit in, I guess, the top two thirds of the sales funnel. Very good description, Brendan. You like that? I like that. I have a graphic we can put on the podcast show notes that I used in a presentation once to explain that. So we'll include yes. that as a visual reference. Yes, for all those visual people out there, that will be awesome because just hearing us explain it uh, will probably drive them crazy. But yeah. all those auditory people have just been very satisfied. Another a different way I have to explain it. Um, display ads effectively work like a similar mechanism to how print ads would work in a newspaper or a magazine or even television ads. So they are effectively the online version of traditional advertising. Yes. That's another way to think of it. Yeah. Um, And there's many different uh, ways people can get access to doing display advertising Mm -hmm. um, through companies like Google, through Facebook, through other third-party services such as AdRoll. Yep. Um, there's different ones out there. The, the, the big players at this current t- 
time are Google and Facebook. No two ways about it. Um, unless you've happened to come across something that's that's bigger or better. No, I would say um, so. Yeah, for a business owner perspective, Google Ads, Google Display Network, which uh, they are Google AdWords, and then Facebook yep. Ads, and then probably the third one that may be on some people's radar is like private ads. If there's a particular forum or website that your customers are hanging on, hanging about all the time. Yeah, yeah. Then there may be a third uh, provider to think about, which is, you know, whatever that, you know, that private advertising is. Okay. So, who should be using the display network or display advertising? Um, I, know, I know this is a loaded question, Brendan, but who should be using it? Uh, okay, I'll give you an example of one client that we have run display ads for in the past um, yep. they are a train museum in Sydney who run a regular Thomas the Tank Engine day where they have like a life size Thomas the Tank Engine train and all the kids go there and it's all exciting Ah, now, that's why you've got the hat I've seen the hat you've got hanging up in your in yes, your in your bedroom the, 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 my stomach like I'm just big the, the, the train driver hat and that's why your face is always so dirty too Brendan yeah. No, it that's all... good. I, I love trains just as much as the next little boy. So, uh, you know, f so this is a train museum. They want to promote this event. So they need to create awareness of it because sure there are a handful, a very small number of people searching for Thomas the Tank Engine party, train, all this sort of stuff in the search results. Yeah. But it's like we're, talk we're literally talking a handful of people. You know, there might be 50 clicks a month on those ads. Yep. Whereas we're running, um, we're running Google Display Network ads, and we are targeting them. There's lots of different ways you can target Google Display Network ads, but in this particular case, we are running the ads in front of anyone who is in Sydney, uh, in Australia, or Canberra in Australia, because this museum is kind of halfway between the two. It's like an hour, hour and a half drive. Okay. So it's in the middle. So those two are kind of our relevant. You know, people in those locations are relevant to our ads. And then we are um, using keyword targeting. So we are running those ads on any page, or well, those ads will trigger on any page that is about Thomas the Tank Engine. So yes, um, so that's one way we do the targeting. They will also uh, trigger on pages that are about kids' activities. So you know, it'd be you know something like on a tourism website, activities to do with kids in Sydney, things to do with kids on school holidays. Uh, those sort of pages. So um, the ads appear on pages about Thomas the Tank Engine, pages about kids' events, activities to do in Sydney, those sort of things. So people looking at those pages on the internet, they have some sort of very loose demand for going to this event. That yep. makes sense. So the thing with display network advertising that people need to be aware of, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, it is like it is a cost per click. System. I mean, you can pay for impressions per thousand impressions. That's another system you can use in different channels. But the one that we're talking about is cost per click. So if the ad appears on a particular website and someone clicks on it, it's going to cost them a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. um, typically, in my experience and probably yours as well, the display network costs are much, much lower than the search advertising uh, clicks. Mm. Um, but the good thing is that if no one clicks on the ad it doesn't cost them any money. Yes. Um, 
And, but at the same time, they're getting marketing done. People are still seeing the ad. It's no, it's no different to someone seeing an ad in a magazine or a newspaper and, and not phoning you up or not going to your website. They've still seen the ad, so it's still embedding something in their mind. And the more they keep seeing the ad, the more it's going to be embedded. Mm-hmm. So even if they don't necessarily click on your ad at that given any given time, it still may get them to come to your website at some stage. So it's, I think it's, that's an added benefit that doesn't get talked about a lot. But yeah, but um, but you've also touched you, on that point. You've kind of touched on the the point why business owners, particularly more traditional business owners, should have display ads uh, front of mind. They really should um, be on top of them, particularly today, for a couple of reasons. Because number one, search ads are getting really, really expensive um, in yeah. AdWords. Um, the second one is that like you've just said, display networks act, or display ads act in a similar way to traditional print advertising, which costs a lot of money. Like what's a, you know, a full page advertisement in the newspaper to run on a Saturday might be 50 or 100 grand. Um, and it may not work. Whereas if you run display ads, you can run those ads and they don't actually cost anything until they work. Um, and they're just much faster and more flexible. You can track the performance. You know, they have all the benefits of traditional ads without a lot of the downsides. Um, and they are a lot cheaper. Like, we have customers doing search ads and it's $5 a click and then the same customers doing display network ads and it's 20 cents a click. So there's, sure, the, the visitors are a little bit less qualified because they have less active demand for whatever it is, but that's a massive cost difference. So Yeah, that's yeah, that's huge. So you can, you can get, you know, 10 times as much traffic and... It's uh, not costing you the same amount of money. Yeah. So that is very, very cool. Um, so really, back to my original question, there's very few businesses that w- would not benefit from this type of strategy. Mm-hmm. If they have an internet presence, if they have traffic coming to a website, uh, if, if that's part of what they're trying to do, if, if they don't just have a website that's a display brochure, uh, then they should consider doing some type of display network advertising. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. All right. What's so, next, sir? Well, it's not just about... So that's that's Google is one piece of the puzzle. puzzle. So it's yep. not just about Google. There are Facebook display ads as well. So they, mm-hmm. work, they work quite differently to the Google ads. So the Google ads, you can target them in a few different ways by keyword. Um, you can mix and match keyword and you can specify the particular websites you want the ads to run on such as YouTube yep Facebook is a bit more about um, demographics so for that particular example with the train museum we also had Facebook ads running and we had the same geographic targeting so we had people that were in Canberra and Sydney in Australia and we actually targeted the ads at parents with kids between 3 and 10 years old so we run the ads in front of that demogra- demographic and they're typically people who are going to be interested in coming to an event like the Thomas the Tank Engine Day. So in both cases, the ads were very, very successful and especially the, this, the train museum actually had TV ads at one point and you know, you run a TV ad campaign and you're talking you know, hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars whereas we had this offline campaign going and you could see when the TV stuff ran because they're the website traffic suddenly got to 2,000 visits and it stayed there for, you know, it was sitting at you know 500 and then it goes up to 2,000 and it's, you know, 2,000 the next day and then it drops off completely. Whereas 
the display network stuff, we were getting consistent extra three to four hundred people a day to the website with the budget they had. So that's massive in terms of yeah. you know cost benefit you know between display network channel and TV advertising channel. And are they still running that campaign? Well, there's a lot of politics with that particular train museum. They've been absorbed <laughs> okay. into another. Um, we've been running the camp because they run this. Uh, run this event every three months so we've been running the campaign for three three and a half years but they've been absorbed into another train museum and it's they have uh, someone okay. who already has someone doing ads so they've taken over okay fair enough and they and they probably stopped doing them because <laughs> that's usually what happens when someone takes over from someone who's doing a good job they usually turn into a bad job so but that's that's a good experience and that was one very good example um, now so, so Facebook, different story, mm-hmm. as you're saying. It's it's based on demographics rather than uh, what we were talking about with the Google Display Network. Uh, again, it comes down to is their target market spending time on Facebook. So that's a good thing with Facebook. It's very easy to find that out just by setting up a dummy account with your advertising set up within Facebook and doing some research and putting in some some demographic figures and seeing how many people there are that you can potentially reach. And if it's very low, then it may not be worth the time. But I, I say even if it's a low number or if it's a, if it's a potentially decent um, product that you're selling in terms of cost, even if it's a low figure in volume, uh, it doesn't really matter because you're only paying for the traffic that you get. So it's not like you're just randomly doing a an advertising campaign that may or may not work based on a certain price that you're spending. Um, if you're only if you only spend fifty dollars uh, in the month for the Facebook campaign, then that's that's great. Yeah, and that's so, it. the other good thing about Facebook is you can use a small budget, and it does work. Um, so even if you only have ten dollars a day budget to spend, uh, it's you know it's definitely worth considering. Now, there's a couple of caveats, right? Like if your if your business is really a strictly problem solution business then display ads may not necessarily be the best place to start certainly search ads um, would be a good place for that I think Um, but where you know your business might even be split so some things are pure problem solution um, services or products that you sell and some things might be nice to have they might that they're not necessity purchases or they're not problem solution purchases so yep. in those cases where you know going to a Thomas the Tank Engine day that's not a problem solution sale that's a you know that's a nice to have purchase I guess or it's a nice thing to do um, so you know in that particular case display networks work extremely well you know the other place that could work well is where you have a new product or servicing service in your particular market that's never existed before it solves a unique problem or it has a really distinct advantage over whatever your competitors are doing and you can advertise to generate awareness of your new product or service and how it you know is solves this problem uniquely or it has a unique price point or whatever it is and actually generate awareness of how good your product or service is in comparison to competitors and you know, suddenly you've created a problem in your prospect's mind because you know now they have this new problem that they they have this existing product or service that was working okay but now you have this better one that you know is 10 times better or it does something unique and now they have a problem in that they don't have this so you know you can use it in that way as well to actually I had to say but create problems in your prospect's mind or create a need that didn't exist there before 
So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's and that's the thing, though. But if they're not aware that there is something better, you've got to find a way of getting in front of them to make them aware of what that is. Yep. So, um, so then there is something else that sits in the middle, I would say, of, of the two of those things we're talking about. Um, and and it, it can benefit on all of the different areas, and that's remarketing. Yes. Because remarketing is something, uh, for people who don't know, if someone comes to your website from wherever they've come from, they could have come from a Yellow Pages ad, a TV ad, uh, Google Display Network, uh, search, search ads, Facebook. If they end up on your website, what remarketing does is it places a cookie on their web browser. So if they don't take the particular action that you want them to take on the site, like buying a product or filling in a... Uh, a contact form and they leave the site without any action being taken you can have it set up so that your ads and the similar <coughs> excuse me similar ads you're using to the display network are presented to that visitor anytime they're on a, a, a website that has ads being displayed from somewhere like uh, Google or if they're on Facebook and they'll see ads from you as well. So it basically follows them around the internet and you can control how often that is and for what length of period you can set it for 10 days, 30 days, 100 days if you want and then it will actually uh, present your ads to them again to get them to come back to the website for that second chance at getting them to uh, buy your product or, or your service. Um, and that is something We've, we are finding very, very effective these days doing that because uh, quite often people get distracted. You know, they, they end up on your website, the phone rings, the kid cries, someone knocks at the door, uh, and the next thing they've lost their concentration and they don't end up doing anything on your site. doesn't mean they didn't want to. It just means they had forgotten about it. So the whole point is with those ads is they keep seeing you around the Internet. Now, Typically, in a lot of people's minds still to this day with remarketing, they think that you are the be-all and end-all of that particular uh, industry or, or product because they keep seeing your ad. They're not aware that they're the only one at that particular time seeing the ad because the cookie's on their computer. So we, we found that to be very, very effective. Yeah. Can I, add, I want to add some points there. Go um, for it. Now, a lot of people have seen this and they've felt it. They go to a website and suddenly they see ads for that website following them around and it gets to the point where the ads are stalking them. They see the ads absolutely everywhere. Now, that's an example of remarketing done very, very poorly because there are some settings inside. So let's, let's talk about Google Display Network. Um, yep. There's some settings inside there to stop that happening. There's something called impression capping. So you know your people will only see the ads a certain number of times per week per day per month so the ads shouldn't be stalking you around to the point you feel uncomfortable also um you know and this is because a lot of people a lot of agencies who are doing online marketing and advertising the, they employ from my experience they employ a bunch of young people which i call kids but people in their early 20s who don't have actually any understanding of how sales works they have no real world sales experience so yeah the other thing with remarketing the ads shouldn't turn on straight away someone shouldn't come to your website and two minutes later they click across to you know 9msn or a news website and see your ads that's a stupid thing to do that's hassling the prospect i talk because i do a lot of e-commerce consulting i talk about this a lot how you really need to relate it to a real world because a lot of people have trouble grasping how the online world works so it always makes 
you know, it's always an easier way to frame it if you think about it in the, the scenario of a retail store. So if someone came into your retail store, poked around, looked at some products, picked some things up and walked off without buying, you wouldn't race down the street chasing after them, screaming discounts, asking them, begging them to come back. So with remarketing, you, if you, the ads turn on straight away, it's effectively the same thing. That's why people get that stalky kind of why these ads follow me around for weeks and weeks on end feeling. Yeah. Um, because they've been poorly configured. So, you know, that's why that's happening. The other thing, you know, some considerations um, and some other thinking points here is remarketing typically works better where there's a longer purchase cycle or the yeah. time to purchase is quite long. So people are doing a lot of research. For example, I don't know, they're buying a new TV or buying a new bed or something where they decide they need to buy a new bed, but then or they need a new TV and they might spend a month or two months researching that purchase, clicking around the web, looking at prices, that sort of thing. Yep. So remarketing will work better in the longer sales cycle because people will make multiple visits to your website because they're looking for information, they're doing research, they're, they're moving along the buying funnel, but they're not at the point they're ready to buy. So using remarketing, say someone comes to your website and then you have a remarketing campaign set up that starts showing the ads to them, say, you know, after two, two weeks after they've been to the website and the ads run for, say, 10 days and then they stop, you know, that's an example of one way you can do remarketing. You don't want to stalk them forever. So that's something to keep in mind, the length of the, the sales cycle or the time from the time to buying, I guess. Yep. Um, and the other way it yep. works well is where there's recurring purchases or seasonal purchases. So, you know, think about it at Christmas. So if you're a business that does, you know, you make a lot of money off the, the Christmas season, then remarketing makes sense because if someone comes to your website Christmas this year, you can put a cookie on their machine, you can cookie them, add them to your remarketing list, and then next Christmas, say in November, you can yeah. run a remarketing campaign to promote Christmas offers or discounts or specials you have running for that year. So in a sense, it's a way of, you know, it's a way of getting those customers back again. Like I had a discussion last week with a client who runs a, a small kind of... Um, a small accommodation place in the southwestern WA and we talked about remarketing because people typically go in there, you know, week, a winter getaway, for example. They go for a long weekend down south. So I said, well, let's do remarketing where if someone's come to the website this year, then there's a good chance next year when it comes to winter or they want to get, you know, have a getaway or when you have the low season when there's low bookings and you need to generate awareness, if they've already been and stayed with you once and they had a good experience, they'll come back again. So you can turn those ads on when you need them. If there's, you know, low, low bookings or, you know, there's a period you need to, you know, get more bookings, then that's another way potentially to use them. So long sales cycle, recurring or seasonal purchases, it can work extremely yeah. well. Yeah, very, very true. And typically the higher the price point, the longer the sales cycle with, with most items. Uh, so there's more money involved. People are doing a bit more research and spending time. So um, another thing could be, uh, complementary products or so for example someone buys a uh, an inkjet printer or a multi-desk printer thing multi-function printer um, now after they've just bought the printer they don't need ink cartridges so you can have it set so that you know within 30 days or so later they will start seeing advertising for saying need more ink cartridges for your uh, for your printer um, and that's the big oh yeah, need more ink cartridges. So you're not trying to sell them a printer again, you're trying to sell them something else that's complementary. So there's all these different ways you can do it. But as you say, most 
people set it up in a lazy format and just target everybody straight away for, yeah. for forever, a and which is thinking, not good. A lot of thinking needs to go into it. Um, like just the example we had there with the ink cartridges. So we do work for Digital Do Breath. We talk about them, Digital Do Store in Australia. We talk about them in the workshops and have used them as a case study for years. So we have remarketing for them set up. So when someone buys a Didgeridoo, we add them on the remarketing list. They also have a separate website where they sell online Didgeridoo lessons. So if someone has not signed up for the online Didgeridoo lessons, I think it's within 30 days or six weeks, they will start seeing ads for them because that makes sense. You know, They bought a Didgeridoo and now they need yeah. Didgeridoo lessons. And we have the technology in the back end that will automatically work out whether they've actually signed up for those Didgeridoo lessons and it won't show them the ads if they haven't. So you know, that's another example of, you know, that's a real world campaign that works really well and it's really cheap. So Yeah, and you're doing that just on the Google Display Network at the moment or are you doing Facebook as well? Just on the Google Display Network. Um, yeah. From everything that we've done, Google Display Network is typically four times cheaper for the same result as Facebook because so few people know about it and there's so much more think about Facebook you know not everyone's on Facebook but everyone's on the internet like the Google Display Network ads run almost everywhere so yeah the market's bigger there's there's more inventory they have to fill so it's a lot cheaper so yeah definitely definitely true so um, yeah so that's awesome we're we're actually just uh, setting up a new business Uh, we we attained the domain remarketing.com.au and building that platform out as we talk at the moment, it's actually not live, but by the time people hear this, it probably will be. Um, so feel feel free to check that out if you need some more information on remarketing. It also gets called retargeting. Um, they're, they're slightly different in terms of what they are. Um, search retargeting, the object is to re-engage with site visitors based on their behavior of prior visits. So, that would still come under the the the, the same as remarketing. I, th- I think the two are interchanged a lot, um, and people mean the same thing, but mm-hmm. there are slight differences. How would you differentiate between retargeting and remarketing, Brendan? I just call them the same thing, really. Yeah. yeah. So there's probably some nuances and differences that we could dig into, but we won't go into detail. But it's it's really is the same thing. I mean, Google calls it remarketing. That's what they call it. Uh, so does Facebook. So I'm sticking with remarketing as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, so that's that's cool. Also, so, um, I guess what if, else? if any of this stuff tri- strikes a chord, if it um, particularly about the recurring purchases and that sort of thing, if that strikes a chord, you should also be thinking about email marketing because email marketing can be used in the exact same way. So if you have someone's email address and they buy a printer from you. You know, in six weeks, you can send them an email with a special for in cartridge. Absolutely, so they, they work I mean, very well hand in hand together. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I think the two, if you've got remarketing and technically you could call it email remarketing if you really wanted to, mm-hmm. um, it, if you've got those happening, if you've got people on an opt-in list and retargeted your chances of conversion are so exponentially higher than your competition because most of your competition won't be doing this mm-hmm. some some will but and just because they're doing it doesn't mean they're doing it well so uh, and it's a v- very inexpensive compared to search marketing so very good point email is still up there with the best converting traffic that you can get with without a doubt probably in the top one or two spots I would it'd say, be arguable i would say number one spot i think yeah 
because the cost of everything else is going up so much. The cost of AdWords for search is going up. Yep. SEO is getting much harder. It's getting more competitive. Whereas email marketing, yeah, you need to pay for the software. So what? It's a small amount of money. You know, the actual cost of sending an email is not much. Like it's, there's, you know, apart from the software cost, there's no actual dollar cost. If you email 20,000 people, it's not like you're paying for 20,000 clicks. Like there's, it's completely- No, it's definitely- dollars yeah. out, There's no dollars out of your pocket to do that. And once, and the other thing about email marketing is if you systemize it, it's automatic. So once you- set up the system to automatically email people at certain trigger points after certain time periods um then it's all automated you can set it up once and forget about it that's the other good thing about it so yeah. you've got this system that's working with no out-of-pocket cost that is continually generating new clients for you e-commerce is a huge one for email marketing like you know abandon card emails order follow-up emails all sorts of you know automatic stuff you can set up and it doesn't need to look scammy or templated it can look very personal as well even though it's automated yeah, absolutely. And you control the list. That's the thing. You, all these other things we're talking about, you're subjected to their rules and conditions, Google, Facebook, whoever. Uh, but the list that you build and you control, that is your list and you are free to hopefully treat them correctly, but you're free to do what you want to with the list. Uh, email them as often as you feel is appropriate. Uh, no one's going to say no. You've sent out too many emails. You can't, you know, you can't email them twice a day. You can only do it once a week. There's no big brother scenario happening with your email. Yeah. I mean, you still have to abide by your email providers' rules and you, you know, spam laws and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I still don't think there's anything that is as good as email. Um, I think probably. Display network slash remarketing that group is probably one of the next best things in terms of value and reach. Um, but the whole idea is ultimately still when those people do end up on your website to get them on your list. That is the the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, capture the details somehow. Yeah. So have we got anything else to tick off this uh, checklist or are we done? I don't think so. I've got a, I'll, I'll link across a, to a post on my website that has some ad examples because the other thing people do is create terrible ads that just yeah. don't work. So I have some, yep. um, they look scammy or cheesy or they're not in line with the brand. So we have uh, plenty of examples. I'll link across to it. And I also have a very, there's a couple of paragraphs on a very short process I have for actually coming up with the content for the ads to generate them, which is actually really simple, but most people are overthinking of it. So you just need a headline, some filler content. Uh, we like to use real photos of real people um, because traditional marketing principles apply here because well, the first thing your ad needs to do is, so traditional marketing we're calling attention, interest, desire, action, so ADA. So the first yep. thing your ad needs to do is get attention in a positive way. So we found that having really high contrast, vibrant looking ads with real people who are smiling is uh, one of the best ways to get attention. It's, you know, you particularly, I guess males would see this more often, but you know, you often see ads with a very attractive looking woman on there with big boobs and that's one way to get attention, but it's not so ethical and it's, it's not really in line with your brand. So. Um, good quality ads, good headlines, so you get their interest um, and have a clear call to action on there. Even if it just says click here, um, I think that's yeah. important. But there's a, you know, it's two paragraphs long and it explains just some, cool. some bullet points there with some how to think it through to write, create the ads, I guess. Yeah, the uh, 
what you mentioned in, in regards to female photos is certainly good at getting increased clicks but not necessarily increased conversions. So you end up getting a lot of people clicking on your ads just because of the picture but then they get there and they're not interested in anything else and then they click off so you've really just wasted your money. Mm. So you may think you're being clever and I, I'm sure there's people out there that say you should use a photo like that on your ads on Facebook or display marketing but only if it's relevant to your target market. <laughs> so that being said, thank you for your time, Brendan. Thanks, Ed. Good chat. Very, very good. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And make sure uh, you go to the, the top of our website at businessmarketingshow.com and uh, sign up to get reminders of our podcasts when they're coming out. Um, that would be great. And uh, we'd love to hear, hear back from you as well. So thanks for visiting and listening. See you next time. You've been listening to The Business Marketing Show. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com or on iTunes.